Welcome back, Nets Nation, to another episode of Maybe Nets Time. I am your host, William Lord, my co-host, Simon McCormack. Nets Nation, it's going to be hard to get James Harden. <laughs> we are back as we are each and every unrelenting week to talk all things Nets Nation. Simon, the draft has come, the draft has gone, free agency has begun, but it has very much not concluded. This is a team fundamentally, radically, uh, sort of tweaked. Um, <laughs> but we definitely have a lot to get to today in Nets Nation. We are going to talk about the draft. We are going to talk about free agency. We're going to dip into something Simon may have mentioned earlier. A little player. You may have heard of him. NBA MVP. I don't know, dozen time all star, bearded superstar James Harden, and him potentially coming to the Nets. And then this wouldn't be an episode of Maybe Nets Time if we didn't get into at least a little bit of assistant coaches talk. <laughs> it just wouldn't be it. So, let, uh, you know, just to tease this a bit, we've got a ninth guy to add to the list. <laughs> And that's what we're leading off with, folks. And that's what everyone's tuned into. Assistant coaches, Gordon. No, okay. We're (laughs) going to start with the draft. Uh, Happened a few nights ago. We watched it. Uh, We watched as the the Nets 19th pick came up. And we watched as the inevitable happened. And it was moved to someone else. (laughs) So I wanted to do... In our draft talk, a new segment called Lead of the Week, Simon. Okay. And this comes from, I, I, I should obviously credit who it came from. I, I'm not sure. I think the post. But this is the lead. Death, taxes, and the Brooklyn Nets stealing their own first-round pick. It's a timeless recipe. <laughs> the Nets don't pick in the first round, Simon. No. And they sure as hell didn't do it this year. <laughs> uh, we passed on Sadiq Bay, and uh, we sent him to the Pistons. The Pistons sent Luke Kennard to the Clippers, and the Clippers sent us sharpshooter, third-year player, Landry Shamit. So in order to begin talking about Landry Shamit, latest net, welcome, Landry. We love you. We need you. We got to have you. Um which of those three players I just said, Sadiq Bey, Landry Shamit, and Pistons, former Pistons, Luke Kennard, uh, would you most want on this team? Uh, Sadiq Bey. I, I, I think Sadiq Bey is, um, you know, a, a, would be a perfect 3 and D wing, which we kind of, depending on how you define it, have none of. I mean, you could say, like, Kuruks is kind of in that mode. I know Joe Harris plays at the three and can do it. Um, KD is a three. But if you're talking, like, a strictly three and D wing, we, we don't really have much of that. So I would love to have more of it. As, as folks will know, wings are very important in the NBA. We don't really have that many. 
Um, but I am super happy about Shannon. Okay. So, yeah, that might have been a uh, cynical way to begin this. I would have been I would have been intrigued with Sadiq Bey. I think that I've heard he has quite a lot of uh, upside, could be could turn into a maybe the best of the three guys we've we've led. But as with any draft pick, we don't actually know what he's about. And if you can't trade him for a, a known quantity, why not trade him for someone who is known to be a really, really valuable thing in the NBA, which is a knockdown three point shooter. He was beloved in Philadelphia. He was beloved by the Clippers. Um, and I got to say his tweet saying, hello, Brooklyn, or I'm coming to Brooklyn or look out Brooklyn. He's excited to be coming. Clearly, um, the reaction online has been strongly positive and it sounds like you're up on Landry. Yeah. I mean, I definitely for the, for many of the reasons you described, like, I think he will get playing time. He got playing time with the Clippers. He got playing time. Um, with the 76ers, he, he has already, even in his two years in the league, had, you know, pretty um, strong um, playoff experience. Now, he was not good in the playoffs, at least last year, but um, a lot of Clippers weren't. Um, and that will be good, right? I mean, he's 23 or 24, and, you know, but he's he's a, he's already a seasoned vet when it comes to playoff minutes. He'll be a three-point shooter, um, I think he's like average to maybe slightly below average on defense. Um, and I, you know, I, which is fine. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, and I, I think like, it's good that if we were going to trade our pick, at least it was for somebody pretty young. Um, so that sort of softens the, softens the pain from, um, from trading another pick. Right. He's young. We've got him on a good contract. He's proven, he's a proven quantity. Uh, and, yeah, I'm, uh, you know, I think especially with the signing of Joe, re-signing of Joe Harris, which we'll get to later, you know, I, I don't know. I kind of would have liked the the risk of Sadiq Bey, but I understand the logic of it, and I certainly am not disappointed. Uh, another guy that we actually did draft, because, of course, we didn't get, we got rid of our 55th pick. That, right. <laughs> that that goes without saying, that's nation. Uh, but we, I don't remember the machinations of how we got the 57th pick, mm-hmm. but we did. And with it, we selected 6'10", SEC Player of the Year, a guy who averaged 17 points and 10 rebounds, a guy I know I'm nuts for, Simon, I hope you are, <laughs> Reggie Perry. Yes, yes. I'm I'm hopped up on I'm I'm um, popping for Perry. Uh, <laughs> I I you know watched some of his highlights, which of course um, is maybe not the best way to get a well-rounded understanding of the player, um, his his, his uh, um, positives and negatives. But he looks like a bruiser. He looks like a guy who feasts for he you know he he goes after contact. Um, I don't know if you saw this, but Giveny was on. Um, yeah. On the low low the, post, yeah, and said he's got kind of a bad tude, basically, like not a very nice guy or something, and that he's selfish. But if he can sort of get past that or or mature a bit, that could be really helpful. But I I'm kind of into a guy a guy who a totally unproven 57th pick who's like an asshole 
it's kind of exciting. Like we've got a lot of nicies on this team. I agree. Um, I think a bad attitude, a mean guy, a guy with a reputation for being a dick, he's going to come onto a team. I think that would be a disaster if he had been drafted to, I don't know, the Cleveland Cavaliers or something like that. Sure. Right? But if he comes onto a team with a top 20 all-time guy in Kevin Durant um, and just people who are just like, you can't. You can't really have that much of an attitude when you're just right. so demonstrably worse than a lot of these guys. Like, uh, you know, he could probably walk all over Jared Allen, honestly. But DeAndre <laughs> Jordan, he's not going to be able to bully. Um, and that's probably the the only nice thing I've said about DeAndre Jordan in about a year. Um, so anyway, I think you know it's it like. Who knows? Obviously, if he, he might just he might be nothing. No one really expects much of a fifty seventh pick anyway. Mm-hmm. But uh, it does seem like he has a quite a lot of talent. I know uh, that in that interview they were saying he could have been about thirty picks higher, but a lot of teams you know soured on his on his personality. Um, he's a center, though, Simon, and that would make him the fourth center on this team behind DeAndre Jordan, Jared Allen, Nick Claxton. Weirdly in the write-up on um, Nets Daily, they seem to be suggesting that they liked him more than Nick Claxton, which rubs me the wrong way. I'm a Claxton (laughs) fanatic. Me too. Me too. Um, But yeah, what do you, do you think we see any Reggie Perry in the 2020, 2021 season? Um, Good, great question. I I think we'll see him. Uh, I I bet they sign him to like a G League deal. Maybe they give him. I think we still have a two way slot available. I think someone has Jeremiah Martin might have one of them. I, I don't really. This is where I start. So even my Nets fanaticism kind of um, can't really drum up the interest to <laughs> even to a guy who can, who knows contracts. Jared Ott. <laughs> but um but i think something like that a two-way or or, or something similar um or you know i think he'll i think he'll find his way into the g league but um yeah if 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 there's if there's like trouble and you know if we trade jared allen if we trade nick claxton also i think they could try him at the four he has an okay three-point shooting percentage i don't think he took too many of them but, like, in a pinch, you could put him at the four, I think. Okay. Well, I think that we have spent uh, exactly the right amount of time talking about Reggie Perry. <laughs> uh, hopefully, you know, he, he gives us occasion to talk about him further. Mm-hmm. But I think we can uh, table the Perry talk for now and turn to... Uh, slightly more exciting territory than the the draft, since the Nets ended up not not getting a lot of picks. Though uh, Landry Shamit is certainly not uninteresting. Um, let's get into trades and free agency. Let's start with the biggest news, Simon, and that is the Nets, who have long said their number one priority of the off season is to re-sign Joe Harris. Just signed Joe Harris to a four. Year, seventy-five million dollar contract. Nets nation, uh, ecstatic, jubilant. 
over the over the signing in general. Um, I know our listeners, uh, and several of our listeners and uh, friends of the show, are are big on this signing. How do you feel about it? You happy happy to have uh, Joe back? So I I am as a, as a Nets fan who who's not the owner of the team who's not you know it's not it's not my money I am very happy to have Joe Harris as we've talked about he's going to be or should be very important to this team he fits perfectly all of the talk about whether Ky- Katie and Kyrie will will mesh together or whether we can get a third star and whether that will be you know another headache to figure out like you pretty much can assume Joe Harris will be good on this team. Um, and I have no doubt that there were, there was lots of interest in him, um, cause he fits on pretty much any team. I will say, William, I, I'm a, we're a bro. I, I don't, I don't want to speak for you, but I know this podcast has at every step of Joe Harris's <laughs> career. <laughs> Thrown shade down. and cast yes. doubt. Yes. So folks, well, I'll just do a quick, a, a quick history, an abbreviated history of maybe next time in Joe Harris. We signed him. <laughs> did you know that he made in his first year with the Nets, he made less than a million dollars? I did interesting not know to that. Think about? Yeah. Um, okay. We signed him. Then. Loved after him. His Loved first, him. Right. Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, I don't remember loving him but it's possible we did but we, did, we didn't love him enough because uh to think that after his first year with the nets he should be cut um we thought kj mcdaniels sure uh various other players gotta gotta have him but maybe cut joe harris they right. didn't cut joe harris no um archie he, goodwin he, keep him archie goodwin right of course of course he went on after his second year to be one of the one of the best three-point shooters in the league then went on to sign his two-year, like sixteen million dollar contracts. William and I hated it. Trash. Thought, it. why would you? Why would you spend eight million dollars a year on like your eighth best player? Um, that turned out to be one of the best contracts in the league. Now he's coming up on this seventy-five million dollar, as you said, uh, four-year deal. And I, again, very happy as a Nets fan to have him on the team. I think it should be fine. But I'm a little trepidatious. That is a little higher than like we were hoping around 12 million, maybe 15 million. This is higher than that. Um, so I'm a little bit nervous. Like that's a lot of money for pretty much a niche three and D guy. Yeah, I uh, re- really, I'm not going to do it again. I'm not going to trash the signing. We we were we were burned the first time, and I really like Joey Buckets. I like I like cheering for him. I think he represents. He's sort of like one of the last remnants of the uh, the much vaunted Nets culture. Um, yeah. So give him all the money. All the money he needs, he got paid. That's fantastic. He's a, a very deserving. Um, guy and you know he he might have just an insane season this year uh with the amount of op- wide open looks he's going to get if playing alongside Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving um but yes to keep in the tradition of maybe Nets time and throw a little bit of cold water on a a good situation um I just wanted to bring up, you know, the the Hollinger 
a recent Hollinger assessment of all the free agents, right? He went through position by position and said, like, in his whatever machine, I forget what the the acronym for it is, but it basically said, like, spit out the number that each player uh "Quote unquote deserved," uh, according to his his system. So, do you know what he had, um, Joe Harris, at what uh, what salary? I forget now, like eleven or something. Uh, ten point nine million. Yeah, okay. ten point nine. So we went, we went about eight over that. Um, which you know, are you know almost almost hundred percent over that. Um, which is a lot, a lot. <laughs> more but again you know one it's not our money two he's a great player three he's a great net right he's a he's a success story he's a guy we got off the the scrap heap and turned into this this really valuable player that anyone in the league could do so yeah i mean it's a it's a win who cares if john hollinger's fucking machine says that <laughs> that he's not worth quite what we're giving him yeah, and and it's yes for 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 people nervous about that as well um some hopeful comfort for you there though i agree it makes me nervous as well um like there's a lot of players that are getting more money than than the hollinger um uh algorithm would would give like jeremy grant just got 20 million a year for three years yeah he had um, him at like six or seven million yeah it oof. um you know you, you'll see serge Ibaka. he's he thinks he's worth like five million i guarantee you serge gets more than five million a year um, on and on and on. So, well, speaking of surge, Simon, we can't have this podcast without talking about surge to the Nets rumors. Yeah. Um, what do you think about him? I would love that. So, I did a little bit of research in the time that it took. So, I texted f- folks a little peek behind the the curtain here of how the sausage gets made. I, I texted William and another friend of ours. That about like, yeah, there's just sort of, you know, totally unconfirmed rumors. Tony Durant, um, Kevin's brother, said he's going to Brooklyn. Um, and there's just been kind of things rumbling up. Nothing as firm as like, and I think like um, maybe the most is like, uh, God, what is his name? On the Hoop Collective um, said he's heard maybe the Nets would be interested it's just sort of bubbling Tim up. Tim McMahon? Uh, uh, no, it's, um, God, the host. Fucking Brian Winhurst. Winhurst was said something like, oh, if they go for them, then Jared Allen's going to want out. But, like, he often kind of, like, works in some of his hunches and and things like that into his into his statements on his podcast. Anyway, sorry, that's a lot of back, background. But I, I just think Serge would be really good on this team. I am a little nervous about paying a guy who's another basically center. I would like to see how he works as a four. Um, but he was small almost ball enti- center, small ball center. Yeah. Yeah. And he was, he was almost entirely a center with the Raptors last year, but he does shoot like he shot 38% from three last year. Um, so he, he can, he can do it. Um, he, he can stretch the four floor as a four, but I just love his like tenacity. I like, I hate when the Nets have to play the Raptors in part because of Serge Ibaka. He is one of their many like really tough, gritty guys. And he's also won a championship and he's played a million playoff games. And I think would be really great on this team. 
um, and provide a lot of what we need. But I understand it'll be, we'll have to give up it. We can't, I don't think we'll be able to sign him with our MLE. Like, I just don't think he's going to take that. Yeah. I mean, he was making over $20 million last year. Yeah. So that would be, and he had, he had one of the best seasons for him that he's had in like three or four years. So it would be weird if he took that big of a pay cut. Um, Maybe he will. He would be great. I've seen some people float like an end game lineup of Kyrie, Harris, Shamit, Durant, and Ibaka, where you Mm -hmm. have like five out shooters just bombing away really, 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 really hard to imagine many teams would be able to um, defend the spacing that that sort of lineup would be able to create. Yeah. Um, and it's tantalizing for sure. Uh, and the, the, the photo of him on the plane going somewhere, you know, he, <laughs> that he put up um, very much suggested that that we would hear about it, but because of the uh, Boyan Bogdanovich situation or Bogdan, I I don't know which one is which. How, uh, you know they how to pronounce the Kings guy. Yeah. Um, so Bogdanovich and what happened with the Bucks and the tampering and that has sort of muted the uh, free agency so far. So there are definitely many, many, many more deals that are done, but that teams are reluctant to report them right now um so who knows maybe it is a done deal like kevin durant's brother said maybe he is coming here maybe it's not the plain thing suggested that something's done you know yeah but you know like yesterday dwight howard uh tweeted that he was going to be a laker and then immediately deleted it and 10 minutes later was a uh, sixer so mm-hmm. I think that there's a lot more fluidity to this stuff than um, than things that then would be suggested by you know uh, wishful thinking on on Nets Twitter. Yeah. All right. Um, next big move, Simon, and this weirdly I might be. I- the most excited about, but that's only because I'm a complete uh, broken human being. And (laughs) that is the fact that we traded a guy I have ridden hard for, but have to let go of, and that is the hunchback of Bosnia, John and Musa. Uh, he's gone, and in his steed, and a second-round pick, which, let's face it, folks, we were going to give it up one way or another. It's, <laughs> it's nice that it's gone before, and so we don't have, like, hope that that night we will actually use it. We're not going to use it. It's going. Um, so anyway, we get rid of Musa and a second-round pick for Bruce Brown. Yeah. Uh, Brown has already been quoted as saying he knows why he's been brought in and he's been brought in to be a dog on defense. Simon, that has got to set you on fire, baby. <laughs> William, let me just say, <laughs> uh, I, I, yes, I, I mean, I think he, I agree with you. This is, a, this is an exciting and irrationally, but very exciting signing. I think, that guy is going to be brought in as our cooler, as a guy who like as a if like 
there is a player on the opposing team who's like heating up, we yeah. will we will throw him on there. He's only six four. You ideally want a like a wing, a, a, a longer, taller guy, but I think they will definitely throw him in at the three, at the two, at the one. Um, I think they will, he does have a six nine wingspan, which gives him a little bit of room there. But I think they will just try to utilize him in a in a way you know kind of similar to um, to. Oh God, no! I can't remember his name. David Nwaba. David Nwaba. Exactly. Yes, I was going to say he's our new Nwaba. I miss yeah. you, David Nwaba. Come back me, to us, David Nwaba. Me too. So he's yeah, exactly. Who who was like weirdly really like one of our best sort of like on off court guys um, um, when he was playing that the Nets were doing well um, and hope hopefully that repeats itself. It's a little bit weird that the that the Pistons. I mean, this was ultimately part of like a, a bigger trade. It was part of the reason why the the Nets gave up their pick was was partially this sort of trade, which kind of got rolled into into what we talked about previously. But um, but great that we were able to trade Musa and get Bruce Brown. Like that's an awesome yeah um, I, I totally agree. I think Bruce Brown is obviously not going to have a huge huge role on this team but uh for a second unit guy could provide something that that we've been talking about all off season um this team very 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 much needs and that is some motherfucking defense yes so and he's not a total uh zero on offense either he's a decent shooter um and guy can get to the rim a little bit yeah and guy played a lot of minutes i mean again for detroit so it's not like he was probably sh- should have been the starter on an ideal situation but but he did start a ton of games played like 27 minutes last year like that that'll serve him uh, serve him well yes um okay next next uh free agency thing we signed Jeff Green giving him his 11th home in the NBA. <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah. I misspoke earlier and said that he'd been on a dozen teams. That was inaccurate. Mm-hmm. He's been on 11 teams. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot of teams. Um, sometimes he gets paid a lot. Sometimes he doesn't get paid a lot. Um, I'm glad we got him for as little as we did because he actually did have a pretty decent bubble um, a decent bubble showing with the Rockets. Mm-hmm. And um, that is sort of what you get from Jeff Green. You get these flashes of, if not greatness, really goodness. Like a player that you would definitely want on your team. He's big. He can shoot. Uh, he can play some defense. Um, and then you just get these long stretches where no, like every fan of the team wants him gone. The coaches want him <laughs> gone. The teammates want him gone. And he ends up leaving to another team. Um Now, on this team, he's got some relationships. He was on the 2017-18 Cavs, which I think Kyrie might have still been on. Um, But he, anyway, he definitely has a relationship with KD. They're from the same Prince 
Prince George's? Is that it? Yeah, I think that's right. And uh, he's got a relationship with D'Antoni from his recent tenure on the Rockets. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, he's a guy, he's a... He's a guy who just burns burns people. Like you hear you hear him brought up uh, on on the mismatch, and he was on the Grizzlies for a while. The Grizzlies actually spent a lot on getting him. And Chris <laughs> Vernon just hates the guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, what did he say? It's like special talent is sucking or something like <laughs> yeah, that. More or less, more or less. Yeah, that's about a, a, about the sentiment. And I think you know, I think there are going to be games <laughs> where we are enraptured by by the Jeff Green experience but i think the 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 long term effect of Jeff Green is going to be less enrapturing than than that yeah do you think that this, to me william this signing is just another piece of evidence in the very lengthy and bulletproof case that Sean Marks hates the power forward position. <laughs> like he is just, I would say pound for pound, dollar for dollar over the last like five years, there is no team in the NBA who has had worse power forwards. A hundred percent. I know. Like, <laughs> he just does not care at all about that position. I don't even think he considers it a position. I don't I think, think he, so either. He's just like, you need five people on the team. On the, on the court at any given time, Jeff Green will play at some sort of position for some period of time well, who's, on the court. Right. Who's been the best four that we've had? Kuroots? Kuroots. I was just going to say. Wilson Chandler? Like, who are we talking about here? They've all been on minimum Justin contracts. Justin Anderson? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, they've all been on minimum contracts. We have never spent any money on somebody who could be genuinely called a four. I mean, you could say Kevin Durant will be our four this year, but I think you're going to want to talk to Kevin Durant about that. I'm not so sure he thinks he's going to be the four. Um, <laughs> Uh, and I recently, um, Sean Marks was like, well, it depends, you know, nobody knows Kevin Durant's body better than Kevin Durant. We'll see, you know, what he, what he thinks about that. Like, I don't think he's going to want to play the four much, um, coming off an injury and having to bang with power forwards. Um, but yeah, we just don't, it's just not a thing for Sean Marks. No, he clear he has very obvious disdain for it. Last year, our starting power forward was Torian Prince, uh, which is to say, not a power forward. Yeah, like it's he was weird. really, really bad at power forward. Desperately yeah. needed anyone else but him. Um, okay, so we've got those guys. Uh, we declined. Garrett Temple, and he's already re-signed somewhere else for the exact same amount of money. I forget where. Chicago or Chicago. something like that. Yeah. Okay, Chicago. Goodbye, Garrett Temple. Uh, we've said it before. I'll say it again. Uh, there were games this season when you were the best net on the floor. Mm-hmm. He's going to be our new Jeff Green. We, or he's our old Jeff Green. Right. Um, very, very true. He's just a little smaller than old Jeff. Uh, I wanted to get to a few things around the league, Simon, that are happening to see see how you're feeling about them. Because I think okay. they could have some reverberations and implications for the old Nets. First one. 
John Wall, after being rumored to be in a trade deal with Russell Westbrook, for Russell Westbrook, Mm -hmm. has now officially asked to be traded, right? Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of, I think, the appeal that the Wizards were making to Bradley Beal for staying there was, hey, your buddy John Wall, who you have proven success with in the playoffs, or at least, you know, limited success with in the playoffs, um, is coming back soon. Uh, it's going to be great, right? You guys are going to be great. Now John Wall, for whatever reason, um, is asking to be traded, you know, maybe hurt that they were thinking of even considering trading him for Russell Westbrook, wants to be traded. Does this mean Bradley Beal is going to ask out? I think it does, yes. I, I think that will happen sooner than later um, because, I mean, let's say they do. First of all, in he is, I mean, there's no, it's not a coincidence those two were being discussed in a trade package, right? My garbage for your trash. Like, the best you can do with John Wall is have him on your team because you're not going to be able to trade him. So, um, if the Wizards were, um, you know, despite all of their PR about how great John Wall looks and he's going to be, you know, just as good, except now we have Bradley Beal, who's even better. It's, we're going to be the playoffs, blah, blah, blah. Actually is someone that the Wizards are like, you know, Russell Westbrook might be an upgrade. Um, <laughs> Talks that, and contract that literally <laughs> nobody thinks has value right now. Right. And toxic player. Um, Ooh, yeah, that's a harsh. I think he's I think he's being um, maligned, perhaps. Mm over uh, a little too aggressively. Okay. But well, let, let me that that could be fair. Let me ask you this. If you were John or sorry, if you were Bradley Beal, yeah. would you be excited to be playing next to a guy who wants out of Houston in part because he didn't get to play his game enough? Nope. Uh his game being constant Russell Westbrook feeding and nurturing and ball hogging, like it's Yes, that is a nightmare. I I think that that has gotten. I mean, maybe I've just been looking at Nets Daily Twitter too much and and not focusing on the broader NBA ecosystem. But I think that your bombshell that you just dropped here is not getting enough attention because I do think that, and that's going to hurt the um, the other thing that that's going to do. I suspect is hurt the Houston Rockets fan uh, um, hand even more as like another superstar becomes available. Yeah, I I completely agree. I think uh, I think it's pretty exciting uh, yeah. for NBA teams out there right now with what's happening with John Wall. It's just sort of the perfect storm. You you know, as uh, before a couple weeks ago, a week and a half ago, you looked at the West and you're like, my God, that is so stacked, like 1 to 15. Who is not going to be competing for the playoffs, blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden, it's just like, oh, my God. You know, after a few days of this, you're like, there's just like, you know, three teams that are just totally out of it. They're going to blow up everything, blah, blah, blah. But these things, these things move so quickly, and that's now having an impact on on the wizards and they were going to, they were going to go all in this season. And now that's not going to happen because they talked to one of the teams in the West who decided to blow it up, you know, and it's just, 
Yeah, it's all uh, all these um, you know relational things are are very intriguing. Yes. Um, so I wanted to talk about a couple more of these things that could have some uh, a impact on maybe players the Nets might want. The Hawks, Simon, mm-hmm. just drafted a center, mm-hmm. a Kongwu, mm-hmm, I, I believe, um, and they have Clint Capella, another center. Uh, does this... Oh, and they just also um, got uh, Gallinari on their team. Yeah. Sharpshooting Gallinari, who's going to be there for... Does this mean John's Collins is available? John would, Collins? John, yeah, I would, I would think that that makes him more expendable. Because I, I guess you could say that Gallinari could play the three, right, maybe? Mm, maybe, but they also just got um, they just got Hayward, who's a three. No, no, that that's Charlotte. Oh, Charlotte did. Right, 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 yeah, right, right. Great yeah. pickup by Charlotte, by the way, paying him... Uh, $120 million over four years. Yeah. Um, truly the worst franchise in basketball. Uh, so, yep. so, um, um, the, yeah, I, I, I would be extremely tantalized by a John Collins. And we've talked about him before. I was actually surprised to see that his defensive numbers are better than I thought. They are in the positive, um, uh, realm. Um, and like that would be a player you wouldn't have to, you wouldn't have to have Kevin Durant banging with fours. Um, that's a great lineup, right? You move him to center in closing lineups. Mm. Um, that would be exciting. And he's still on his last year of a very cheap contract. I think John Collins is an extremely tantalizing figure for the Nets to. Yeah, to look at. I don't. I don't understand why the Hawks don't seem to value him very much. Uh, I don't either. I I have have no clue. Maybe uh, Trey doesn't get along with them or something. Who knows? Yeah. Um, next team, the Pistons. So uh, by all accounts, had a great draft. They got Sadiq Bay, so must be a good draft. <laughs> but um, they picked up Deadman Okafor, drafted a center. They they drafted a Kongwu. Uh, the Hawks drafted a different center. Uh, plus they added Jeremy Grant to their team. Yes. That's a ton of bigs right there. Glad, by the way, former net Jalil Okafor, favorite of this, this podcast. Glad he found a home there. That's a lot of bigs. Plus they also have a little guy by the name of Blake Griffin. Mm-hmm. Is Blake Griffin getting moved? I. And would the Nets want him? I would really hope that they get to have an extensive medical um, examination of him before any trade goes down. But I would you, would you, do you think he'd be good on the nets? I mean, he's a re like if healthy, amazing, mm-hmm. like all NBA, one of the best 15 guys in the league. Definitely when fully healthy, I guess I, yes, I, I mean, theoretically be fine. I, I guess I would want a little, is he good at defense at all? Um, he's, he's no, I mean, he's not going to like anchor your defense. Right. I I guess I just would want someone 
at the wing, either wing position to be like a good, diff- I mean, that's one of the reasons why we talked about like Aaron Gordon or Otto Porter or whatever, somebody that like would be interested in D um, at the wings. Cause I don't think KD is going to be very good at it. So that would be one of my, I'm not basically in short, I'm not a huge fan of going after Blake Griffin, but you okay, could that's sell me fair. I mean, he's really expensive and I doubt that the, that like the math would work out and like finding a way to, to deal for him would work out. Mm-hmm. I just, I, you know, I think he's a really good player and, um, and it would be kind of fun to see him on the nets. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So final thing about this free agency before we turn to the, uh, beard in the room <laughs> and that is which East contenders got demonstrably, Better. Okay, so you've got the Bucks who went out and got Drew Holiday and Bobby Portis, but they also gave up quite a lot to get it. Uh, they gave up Eric um, Eric Bledsoe. They gave up George Hill, so some depth at the guard position. Charlotte just signed Gordon Hayward for a four-year, $120 million deal. But could he, LaMelo, P.J. Washington, Rozier, Devontae Graham, and Miles Bridges be something that's interesting? Um Philly got Dwight Howard, and then they made a bunch of moves around the edges to get off Horford and Josh Richardson and bring in a lot of shooting. Uh, yeah, are there are there other teams that you're 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 nervous about having gotten significantly better through this in the East? Uh, yeah, number one is the Bucks. It's great that the that the Bogdan Bogdanovich thing fell through. Um, I think that helps. Um, but yeah, I, I think they definitely got better. I think Drew Holiday is an upgrade on on um, on on what they had and and on Bledsoe. And I think that uh, and they were already like a very very good team. I think yeah that that Maury is making very sensible moves in in Philadelphia like. Um, you know, adding shooters, which is what everyone has said he needed to do, um, or that the Sixers should have done. Um, you know, they now have uh, Seth Curry and Danny Green, like, and that will go well. I also fear that they are going to ultimately get James Harden mm-hmm. um, because I think I think that Fertitta is going to swallow. That's my guess is that Fertitta will swallow his pride and trade. Um, uh, James Harden to them um, for Ben Simmons and like those shooters will work either way. If you have Ben Simmons or or Harden, that's who you want around either player. Um, so that's very worrying. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think any team in the East has become a clear juggernaut. Do you? Definitely not. Um, I don't think that, I mean, especially with the Bogdanovich thing falling through for the Bucks, uh, I don't think that they've gotten, you know, I think Drew Holiday got, has gotten a little bit overrated, as I've said. He's certainly going to help them and is, is going to, is better than Eric Bledsoe, but they lose out on George Hill being an extremely good backup point guard, like a mm-hmm. really, really top-level backup point guard. Um, Bobby Portis, I don't see bringing a ton. 
even though I like Bobby Portis, but I don't see him doing a ton for them. Yeah, I don't think they move the needle. And, and Philadelphia, obviously, is going to be better with shooting, um, even if they don't get James Harden. But that brings up James Harden. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe we should talk about him because a lot has been written. A lot of ink has been spilled. Mm-hmm. About James Harden. Um, so, a first thing to mention is in the wake of of Harden coming out and saying he wanted to be traded, maybe or demanding a trade, and wants to go to Brooklyn, and you know, Nets Twitter going completely apeshit over the possibility of him coming to Brooklyn, which I think is right, and we can get into that in a minute. But it also engendered this massive, massive backlash from the Bill Simmons, the Bill Simmonses of the world about player empowerment gone crazy, right? And this guy gets to say he wants to go to Brooklyn and the teams have to listen to him and it's not the right thing because, you know, why do they get to blah, 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 you know, why do they say it? And then they couch it in all this all this language like you know they're not against uh, player movement and getting to dictate something but like why are they doing this it's crazy it's nuts blah 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 and meanwhile in the league all of these players that we've been talking about your bruce browns of the world right your your um Trevor Ariza's. Your Trevor Ariza's, your Jean and Muses, your Ricky Rubio, who'd gone to gone to help Booker in Phoenix and then get sent to Oklahoma City and then get sent to Minneapolis to, to Minnesota. And it's just like ninety nine point five percent of NBA players do not experience quote unquote player empowerment, right? Yeah. Like they just don't. There is an extremely small sliver of people, your Anthony Davises, your James Hardens, and LeBron James, and like literally a dozen other tops Mm -hmm. players Mm -hmm. who are quote unquote empowered, right? And could demand off a team or, or exert a huge amount of pressure to get off a team. But the majority of the players are completely subject to the whims of the front office and the owners. So. It's a totally specious thing to be like, like hand wringing about how, how insane and awful and 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 uh, you know out of control player empowerment has become um, when the you know over at the, conservatively over ninety percent of players have no form of empowerment, right? Uh, in terms of where they get to play. Yeah. So anyway, I, I, that was just one annoying sort of element of the whole Harden wanting to come to Brooklyn. Thing sure. That I, I just wanted to briefly mention. And now let's talk about the actual thing, Harden coming to Brooklyn. I, uh, and this might surprise people because I was very down on acquiring um, Kyrie and uh, injured uh, Kevin Durant. Uh, I am extremely high on this. And I think if we got James Harden, we would immediately vault to, if not 
the uh, highest probability of winning the East and getting to the finals, you know, I think we'd be one or two. You know, it'd be like a coin flip between us and the Bucks. Um, I, I don't love James Harden's style of play. I think he's. Uh, <laughs> I think it's at least the way it worked in Houston was an incredibly unenjoyable way to to uh, a thing to observe. Like he foul hunts like crazy, or he does two other you know two other things. He like dishes it at the hoop or shoots a step back three, and it's he has the ball in his hands the whole time, and it's 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 agonizing to watch. The Houston, Houston Rockets were the least enjoyable team, but he is. Straight up, one of the most elite scorers uh, in basketball. His defense has gotten considerably better. And he and Chris Paul uh, were able to take the absolute most spectacular version of the Warriors, one of the best teams in NBA history, um, if not the best team in NBA history with Kevin Durant on it, to seven games and had a historic, you know, missing streak of threes that led them to lose that game. So if you replace Chris Paul with Kevin Durant, it seems to me that that team is going to be even better than that and have just an extraordinarily high ceiling. So I, Simon, am extremely high on what that combination could look like. A KD Harden duo could do. Um, where are you at with this whole thing? Do you think we have any chance of getting him? Do you think we'd be good if we got him? Do you do you like James Harden? Do you hate James Harden? A lot of questions. I I think um, I I am ambivalent uh, because I think it would be very exciting to have James Harden on this team. I think that at least at this point, there's basically no chance that Kyrie would be thrown into the deal. So you'd have to deal with the three of them needing the ball. That um, is a, a, a real bummer to me, as you know. Yeah. I would love to trade more than anything to trade yeah. Kyrie and DeAndre Jordan for for James Harden. Sure. I mean, if ifs and buts, William. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I – so and I don't even know, as I said to you in a text, I, I don't even know that the Rockets would particularly want Kyrie Irving. It seems like from – a lot of their moves, they are in full-on blow-up mode and full-on uh, shed salary mode. Um, they did spend on Christian Wood a bit, but but basically that's the only signing I have seen that, that seems to indicate that they're spending money. I was really surprised by that because Christian Wood definitely had some other suitors, I have to imagine. He's really good, and it seems like that would be... A great guy to put around um, Harden and Westbrook. But, yeah, getting rid of Covington completely uh, seem, seems to suggest that they're just right. blowing and, the whole and, thing out. Yeah, and then doing a straight-up, basically, salary dump of Ariza, who they got for Covington. Like, it just right. seems like they're they're not and, – and McMahon has said, like, that the Rockets are not trying to, like, keep him anymore. Um, so I – I just feel like, um, you know, I would be so worried, like every, like, I I just fear that we would be walking the path of the Clippers, um, and be, and totally mortgage our future and have all of our apples in one basket and have two years basically to, um, win a championship or feel 
you know, shattered. And, and as you and I have, have talked about, like to me in the current incarnation of the Nets, like if we don't win a championship, that will be a bummer. And I agree with you. We're, you know, definitely not like the favorites to win the championship, but if we don't win a championship in two years, that'll be a bummer, but we could like retool. We can, whatever we have our picks, we can just like start over. It was a good try. Hopefully we had some fun games, some great memories. Um, but if we trade for Harden, that means our entire cupboard of picks is completely gone. All of our, our players who, who, who are young at all would be gone. And we would just have, um, you know, we, we'd have to rebuild in an even more um, sort of depressing way than we did with the with the Nets um, four or five years ago, which had its charm, to be sure. Oh, yeah. But but it would be fun to for once have um, have a team with with assets to, to actually rebuild like picks and stuff. And that's why just to your point, just very quickly to your, your original point on the James Harden player empowerment, like. You fucking teams who are upset about or, or, or pundits who are upset about player empowerment, try what the Nets had happen. Try what the Rocket or try what the Clippers are about to go through, right. where you don't get to like trade your your disgruntled star for a million picks. You just have them leave. Right. Like that is true. That is true devastation. Being like, I, I promise you, Tillman Fertitta, a big part of him is happy that that James Harden wants to leave because they had a situation where they weren't going to win a championship, but they were going to be, you know, at the salary cap threshold for like as long as James Harden wanted to play there. Um, and now they get to blow it up. Sam Presti, same thing with Paul George. Like you've got to have some level of like joy that you're like, oh, thank God, out of mediocrity and into like not a lot of money to have to spend and a ton of picks. Totally. And, you know, I think uh, uh, it is, I do think it would give us a really great chance to actually compete for a championship, which I have never believed KD and Kyrie would be enough to do. Yeah. Um, and so in that sense, it is extremely exciting, but in the sense of, yes, our entire future would be mortgaged and the rebuild would be extremely painful. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, I think ultimately not worth giving up the amount of first round picks and all of our young players, uh, to, to get this done. The only way I could see this being, um, worth doing would be if Kyrie were involved because that would profoundly limit the amount of other assets, future assets we would have to give up. Yes. And I totally agree with you just for the record that a Harden Durant team could seriously challenge. Yeah. I mean, they would, where would you rank that duo? Do you think they're probably, probably they're not better than AD and LeBron. Probably. Yeah. But, and that, I think, is, I honestly think that could be debatable depending on how good Kevin Durant is when he gets back. But um, do you think they're better? I think they're better than Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Uh, yeah, well, especially after last year. I mean, that, that duo's stock has plummeted. I mean, you can definitely say Durant and uh, Harden. I mean, we don't know how Durant's going to be, but in all likelihood if he's even close to what he was Durant and Harden are definitely both better than Paul George you mm-hmm. can quibble about where Kawhi ranks and all of that but sure 
Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it would obviously be <laughs> fascinating were it to happen. But I do like uh, the the thing Sean Marks is saying about it, and it does seem like some cold water has been thrown on the situation uh, from the the fever dream of a few days ago when we all woke up and saw, you know, endless reports of like, it's a done deal. Pooch is saying, uh, you know, this thing is, this thing is, uh, (laughs) this thing is done, right? Yeah. Uh, It's, it's not, I don't think it is done. Do you, William, do you find it sort of funny that there is like the, the patterns of like a superstar once out, uh, kind of, they, they follow a similar path. It's like the stages of grief where like <laughs> you have like at first the team is like, no, 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 we're going to patch this up. We're going to get to an agreement. Same thing happened with Jimmy Butler. Same thing happened with, um, Anthony Davis, like, and then it goes to, yeah, we'll trade them, but you got to give us like seven all-stars and every pick you have and blah, blah, blah. And then it's like, it slowly deteriorates to like, uh, give us Robert Covington. Uh, <laughs> and like, yeah, so I, 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 you know, I think we're somewhere in between those two stages right now, but I think eventually they're going to come to the table with somebody. I don't think it's going to be the Nets. I think it's going to be the Sixers, but I think they're, they're going to ratchet down their demands. I agree. Um, speaking of free agents leaving for nothing, Simon, which you mentioned mm-hmm. a few minutes ago, mm-hmm. <laughs> Boston motherfucking Celtics. <laughs> so Kyrie Irving, a guy I don't like and don't relish having, a, a, you know, lured away from them. Anyway, was lured away from them two seasons ago. They got nothing for him. And their other Max guy, Gordon Hayward, leaves there were so many rumors oh i think they're going to do a sign and trade with indiana india they're going to they're going to get miles turner and maybe tj warren or at the very worst they're going to get miles turner and like one of the holiday brothers but it's all good you know celtics are getting (laughs) nope dude walked they got nothing for it as Someone who absolutely detests the Celtics. How good does that feel? It feels great. Don't forget Al Horford as well. Al um, Horford, right. Yeah, uh, it feels great. Um, Danny Ainge's sociopathic uh, nature is uh, is undeniable, I think. And yeah. I am, I'm glad people are catching on to it. <laughs> I, it, it is interesting, right? It, yes, I, I think that is worth pointing out. People do not – players do not seem to be super thrilled about playing there. And and this year, the, the Gordon Hayward thing is especially interesting because as you said, like not only did Kyrie leave, but Kyrie I'm I definitely deservedly, at least in part, got all of the – you know, it was a bad, you know – Bad chemistry, bad stuff. Kyrie was the biggest reason for it. But now he's gone, and, like, all of the press around that team was like, oh, and they're finally playing great together. And they did, to be fair, come very close to um, going to the NBA Finals, um, which is something they definitely did not do with Kyrie. But, like, it was like, oh, they've got, like, great vibes all around uh, on that team. Um, And, yes, you would not think that somebody who's leaving to go play for the Charlotte Hornets um, feels that way. Nope. Uh, sucking at Boston. <laughs> um, okay. Final thing, Simon, cause we promised it at the, at the opening of this, 
assistant coach's corner. Oh, yeah. You've been waiting too long for this one, folks. Can you name the new assistant coach? I honestly can't. Okay, Simon, shame on you, my (laughs) friend. It's Lance Harris. Oh, great. A recently retired European professional player. He's headed to Brooklyn, according to L'Equipe. Uh, Lance Harris has never been drafted, has never played in the NBA, but the American wing will discover the big league next season on the staff of the Brooklyn Nets. The former French championship player was hired by the Brooklyn French as an assistant coach responsible for player development. Uh, So since we pride ourselves on our knowledge of the assistant coaching realm, Mm-hmm. How high are you on American wing, 36-year-old from the French Championship League? <laughs> Whatever league he was in. Uh, how, how confident are you that he's going to be a great assistant to, to Mr. Steve Nash? Extremely confident. Me too. Uh, maybe he'll be the coach of the Long Island Nets. Who is your favorite lower tier co- assistant coach right now. Now you can't say Amare, you can't say D'Antoni or Ime Adoku. <laughs> a lower tier. It's got to be Ott. Jordan Ott. Jordan Ott. You're an Ott guy. I will forever remain a Tiago Splitter guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and that's just, I think that's an irreconcilable difference that we will carry with us until our dying days, honestly. Yes. Um, all right, Simon, let the People know where they can find us, follow us, like us, rate us. Folks, you've got to go to wherever you can get your podcasts um, and give us five stars, please. I've said it before. I'll say it again. We are too uh, psychologically weak, shattered, and (laughs) broken people who, if we get lower than five stars, uh, could easily spiral downward. Um, so go ahead and give us those five stars or it's up to you, whatever you want to do. If you want to have two people's lives on your hands, you don't need to. Blood on your hands. Yeah. yeah. But maybe if you have a chance, save a life or two, give us five stars and, um, also send us your emails, thoughts, questions, uh, feelings to maybe next time at gmail.com or you can hit us up on Twitter at maybe next time or Instagram at maybe next time. Um, follow us. And, uh, yeah, do do all you need to do there. All right. Thank you so, so much. It was great talking with you. Hopefully, by the next time we talk, there's even more news of more players coming. Serge Ibaka, James Harden, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And we will go ahead and uh, see ya next time. I was tired of my lady. We'd been together too long. Like a worn out recording Of a favorite song So while she lay there sleeping I read the paper in bed And in the personal columns There was this letter I read If you like